0: Hello and welcome to Radio IAGP. My name is Implausibly Josh and thank you so much for listening. This is episode number 026, episode 26. Before we get into our questions, let me go ahead and tell you about some video games I've been playing. I have started a playthrough of the Arkham games, the Batman Arkham games, that is. I was really in the mood for a superhero action game. And at first, I got Infamous Second Son, which I was having fun with, but I realized that really what I wanted was something I was more familiar with, a property I was more familiar with. Literally days after I got Infamous Second Son, the PlayStation 4 sale went up. So I ended up getting the Arkham bundle for the PS4, the one that has Arkham Asylum and Arkham City. Arkham Asylum I beat in a couple of nights. It was a pretty easy game to get through. It's been forever since I played through that game, and I actually don't think I've ever beaten it before. I know I've definitely played it before, probably at a friend's house or something, playing a handful of levels or maybe some challenge missions, but I I don't think I'd actually beaten the game and seen credits on it, so that was really interesting to see that. I had played Arkham Knight sometime this year, I'm pretty sure, and that was pretty fun. I enjoyed that a lot, so it was really interesting to go back to where it all started with these games and playing and playing Arkham Asylum really really feel that the games have evolved even if they haven't, if that makes sense. For instance, I feel that the combat progressively gets better from game to game. A lot of the combat in Arkham Asylum felt very rough isn't the right word, but not as fluid as you would want the fighting to be. For instance, all of the Scarecrow missions that I had played were probably some of the toughest ones just in the combat arena is because for some reason I think that the counter system with those skeletons just don't match up with maybe the way that the counter system works with other enemies, if that makes sense. I don't know if it does or not, but something about the prompts felt different with the skeletons compared to just random dudes that you would run into, you know, room to room area to area in Arkham Asylum in the actual asylum itself. It's also really weird seeing Batman be so mean. Like, Batman's mean in a lot of Batman media. You know, I I think that's kind of a, I guess, a staple in current Batman interpretations, which, good or bad, whatever, but that's just a natural fact of that character currently. And there's just, like, a necessary meanness, it feels like. For instance, you're walking through some part of the asylum, and you run into poison ivy and you know poison ivy is in tune with plants and she's saying that the plants are upset and hurtful and or not hurtful but in pain they are hurt and batman's just like whatever buzz off i could not care less about you and your problems right now come to find out later in the game oh ivy wasn't lying at all ivy was telling the truth of course there were issues going on with the plants that's how these games plot points work is something has to do with the plants at some point So, of course, because Batman was so mean to Ivy earlier in the game, it's now a pain in the butt to have to deal with the plant stuff afterwards. If he had just gone along with it, his night would have been so much easier. However, he was a jerk and made his night harder for himself because of that. Just goofy things like that in that game that I don't remember when Arkham Asylum came out, but it feels emblematic of the time that it was made in, you know? Like, I feel like a better interpretation of Batman would have had him be more interested and understanding in what was going on with Ivy at the time. Instead, he's just kind of mean about it, and it just comes back to bite him in the ass. I don't know. Just something really interesting to think about. I don't even know why I'm off on this tangent about this game, but it's fun. It's interesting. The story is okay. It's not great by any stretch of the imagination. It's the combat, really, that I feel like you're mostly there for, you know? I feel like the combat is something that isn't timeless necessarily, but is definitely still fun to play with quirks and all is kind of the way I think about it. And now I'm on Arkham city and I got, I think I got past the big thing with the Joker at the beginning where he's poisoned his own blood and now he's poisoned you with his blood. And it's been a while since I played Arkham city. So I'm excited to kind of go through that again, play a couple challenge maps with the costumes. Arkham Knight opening with you being able to use whatever costume you want right from the get-go is the best decision they could have made in those games, I think. Because I absolutely do not want to play Arkham Asylum again. You know, it's just long enough where it doesn't feel worth it to play with a new costume, even if they had other costumes. And if I remember, Arkham City is a little bit longer than Asylum and I'm going to feel the same way. I'm not going to want to play through everything again with a new Game Plus because there's not enough changed Between the way you interact with the world from the beginning to the end if that makes sense like you get new gadgets and stuff And you're able to get riddler trophies quicker, but that's about it You know what I mean? So I might just play I might hold off on doing any of the challenge things until the end and then do that with some fun new costumes once I'm done with the game Anyways, that is enough video game talk for now. Let us get into the questions if you have questions, you can send them into radioiagp at gmail.com. You can also go to bit.ly/slash radioiagp. That is a capital R, capital IAGP. Both of those places you can go to and send in your questions, and I'll read them and hopefully answer them on the show. Our first email comes from Brian. Brian says, Hi, it's Brian. Question is this. What game is the next franchise that's going to be crushed under its own sins like NCAA football? Thanks. Thank you, Brian. I think I was was thinking about this beforehand. My normal method to go through this is to have a couple questions that I look at ahead of time and some other ones I just kind of pick at random to be like, oh, this is the one I'm going to, this looks fun. And I'll go ahead and answer this one. This one I've been thinking about. And i think it's pokemon now i'm someone who really likes pokemon i think that pokemon is a series that i will probably always love to some extent you know regardless of the quality of the games i think that there is something about the basic flow of a pokemon game that makes them for me incredibly easy to come back to you know i haven't done a tackling all of Pokemon in a while, but the reason why I started that series was because I knew that Pokemon was a series that I could have a ton of joy playing regardless of how I play it. I am currently working through a regular copy of Crystal on a Game Boy Advance, a modded Game Boy Advance. I haven't done any editing with it. I dumped the ROM from it, but it's not randomized. I'm not doing a Nuzlocke. I might eventually, if I get a setup that lets me play Nintendo 64 games, I have a copy of Pokemon Stadium 1 and Pokemon Stadium 2, so, and a, uh, the little transfer pack thing for the controller. So if I want to, at some point, I can bring that team I've been playing, you know, within the last year or so in Pokemon Crystal, and bring them into Pokemon Stadium 2 and play them there. And that's just like stuff I'm I'm playing those games as they were intended to be played originally. But as you know, I've done tackling all of Pokemon where I'm randomizing the games and doing Nuzlocke runs and stuff like that. And those games are still fun to me, you know, even however many years out since I originally played them as a kid. I'm still plucking away at Pokemon Sword and Shields DLC. I have a Nuzlocke run I'm from I'm doing for myself, not as content in i think it's ultra moon or ultra sun on my 3ds i love these games a lot and i don't think anything's gonna change that however i know that i'm not the only type of pokemon fan out there and i know i'm not the only type of person who will buy pokemon games and i think that eventually the lack of big changes is going to be something that really comes to bite them in the butt with Pokemon. I don't know enough about game development or the deals between the Pokemon company and Game Freak and P- Nintendo to know who's blame to pay- place that at. Unlike the situation of like an NCAA football, I know that specifically with that, the reason that the NCAA football games imploded was because these were games that were built off the NCAA, which exploits its college athletes by not paying them, and instead of... Going forward and establishing something that would let those student athletes get paid and compensated for their work and their likenesses and all that stuff in these games, the NCAA decided, no, we're not going to do that. So now we are going to cut off our nose to spite our face and completely demolish the NCAA football brand along with any other NCAA brand, like sports brand stuff that was going on in in video games. The situation I've received with Pokemon is a little different in that I think that the mainline games are a little bit afraid to do too much, too different, too fast. Stuff like being able to access your Pokemon Box wherever you go is something that should have existed generations ago. You know, you think about when the you think about how the the Rotom decks. Is basically a cell phone and you think of how ubiquitous cell phones are and how as far as I can tell that's kind of the in-game reason why you can access your box from anywhere cell phones and wireless systems like that have always or not always existed but have existed for a long time and that's a quality of life feature that took several generations too late to be implemented in those games I think even from an in game real world technology mimicry standpoint let alone the fact that it's a fantasy game you can do whatever you want in those games and you can justify it however you need to in game stuff being on screen telling you if an attack is super effective or unaffected i think is something that should have been in there at least since the ds you know like that's a quality of life feature that doesn't take away from any of the strategy of pokemon as a whole because all the type mechanic system is is just memorization it's just does your type effectively hit against another type memorize it and that's it the skill that they were testing you on before was just memorization or being able to look it up quickly on your phone or in a strategy guide or online or whatever and once the ds had that second screen you had so much more information that you could give available to the player that you couldn't on a Game Boy or a Game Boy color or even a game Boy advance at least as easy i bet you could have done something but they didn't and that's fine but once you had all that extra screen real estate you could have made that change literally the first ds game and then you get to games like let's go pikachu and let's go eevee which i think are really fun and i think are really good games actually i think they're a really good jumping on point For people who only really know Pokemon through Pokemon Go. And I think Pokemon Go really worked at first because it was a huge nostalgia thing, right? Like, there's not a lot of gameplay element there. It is very much a mobile game game. And the big thing that they were banking on, at least from what I can gather based on what I saw in terms of their marketing and the pushes they were making when the game first launched, is that... It was people who had played a Pokemon game in forever or had never played a Pokemon game in, but were familiar through one reason or another with Pikachu, with those original Pokemon. And so Let's Go is the good bridge between that lack of gameplay, nostalgia cash-in to a game with a little bit more gameplay, which could then get you into something like Sword and Shield afterwards if you want something that's more of a, quote, proper Pokemon experience, but there isn't a ton different between Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow, and Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee, and these are games that are years apart, and I think that's going to be the big sin of Pokemon that's going to lead to its eventual downfall, is that eventually making the same style of game without any large changes is going to feel bad at a certain point it's not going to be a good investment of your money it's not or not investment because you're not really going to have a like return on it but you know what I mean like you're not it's a harder sell if you tell me that this game is almost identical in the core gameplay interactions between this game that came out this year let's say that a Pokemon game came out this year and a game that came out in the 90s for hardware that makes all of this stuff looking uh, or incredibly dated hardware is what I'm trying to say. Like, even just thinking about the gameplay verbs you use in order to interact with your Pokemon are incredibly limited. It's mostly based around fighting and catching. You can do other stuff if you want to, but it's almost all entirely optional. I liked doing cooking for the roleplay aspect of the game, you know? Like, it was something that fit the location and fit the feel of the game but outside of wanting to evolve one or two pokemon it wasn't really necessary and even then i didn't need to do that it just made it easier for me to do that with that mechanic of camping and cooking curry and all that stuff and i think that's the big thing is that your basic interactions with the pokemon world and all these mainland games are basically the same every single time and it's frustrating to think like breath of the wild redefined and rethought what kind of verbs you could use to interact with the world in a zelda game right and even though they prototyped it in something close to that old game you know they famously prototyped a lot of the things they wanted to do in breath of the wild in basically a weird version of the original legend of zelda game but just rethinking the way you interact with the world and how you interact with the world Created a new Zelda game that obviously took inspiration from a bunch of other games. You can feel the inspiration from a game like Skyrim in there or any other type of open world RPG. But it made it into a not completely different game, obviously, but it made it into a new game for that series that still had the core aspects of the Legend of Zelda game, but felt so dramatically different and so fresh and so new and we haven't gotten there yet with Pokemon, and I'm afraid if they never get there ever, I don't know. I just don't think it's going to be... I don't think that the enthusiasm is going to be there as much as it used to be, you know? And I think if they never quite discover that new way to interact with the Pokemon world, a new way to have a mainline Pokemon game, I think that it will be like a a Simpsons scenario, you know? or like, The Simpsons is still very popular and still makes a lot of money for Fox, otherwise they wouldn't keep, you know, renegotiating these deals and more seasons and all this stuff for this cartoon. But the excitement just isn't there, you know? It's this husk of what it used to be. And I think that that's a thing that will happen with Pokemon if nothing changes. That it will be a game that sells a billion copies because it is something that is consistent and constant. And you can always get your kids or your younger cousins or whoever or someone who's just out of been out of the loop for a while with these games. You can always get them back into them this way. But the excitement and the love from certain aspects of that fandom is just not going to be there anymore. And I think it'll be a really slow thing where I don't think like if they don't get the next Pokemon game sufficiently different enough and sufficiently new enough for it to completely shut down Pokemon as a series and their mainline games and the enthusiasm and the excitement for them but I bet you in 10 years if nothing's changed there isn't just gonna there just isn't gonna be that hype anymore for those games they're still gonna sell but even those people like me who will never truly hate that series or dislike it or never not love it are just never gonna be as excited for it anymore they're just gonna be like all right well the Pokemon game comes came out I'll pick it up eventually it's not a day one thing for me but I'll pick it up it'll be a fun you know 10 20 hours and then I'll be done with it sell it back to whatever GameStop exists in 10 years and that'll be it. I'm looking at the time for this episode and I don't want it to go much longer so I might do one more question and then call it quits. I got one more from Brian who says hello good friend it's Brian question is this what would the Taco Bell video game be? from brian thanks brian um it's Dogs with the taco bell chihuahua that's it that's the last question no more for this episode at least thank you so much for sending in your questions sorry i got a little rambly in this one if you have questions for radio iagp you can send them in to radio iagp at gmail.com you can also send them in to bit.ly slash radio iagp capital r capital iagp You can follow me on Twitter at ImplausiblyJ, you can follow ImplausiblyAverage on Twitter at ImplausiblyA. We're updating the YouTube channel again, and by we I mean me, it's just me, but we're updating the YouTube channel again. It's great. I'm playing a lot of Magic the Gathering Arena right now because Jumpstart is out, and that is a very fun, cool set that I'm having a lot of fun with, even if I am exceedingly awful at Magic the Gathering. So if you want to check us out on YouTube, you can search ImplausiblyAverage on YouTube. And that's it. Thanks again so much for listening, and I'll see y'all next time. Later. Hello, check, check, check. Big old chair sounds as I pull in the microphone very close. So, I can really get in on this thing and get loud and talk right down to earth. Blah, blah, blah. The rest of the Cult of Personality opening. Ba dee ba bop, ba boop.